0: It's a pleasure to introduce
1: the Motivational Cowboy, Johnny D. Hey everybody, it's me, it's Johnny D., the Motivational Cowboy. Welcome to the Outstanding Life Podcast. You know, at this... This place has gone crazy. This world has gone crazy. It is the beginning of the year, and I took a ride up to Michigan, about two hours away from my house, and I met up with three of the most interesting men I know. And I'm just going to go around the table and uh, let them introduce themselves. To my left, we have Mr.
0: Chuck Dodge, Mr. Enthusiasm.
1: Man, you do got some enthusiasm there. <laughs> Chuck, Abs- man, you're starting off right for you?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> you actually had to think about that for a minute. Well, no, I I was just thinking about 2020. People go, "Hey, 2020 and the whole COVID thing, nothing good about it." That's not true. You got to look for it. That's look right. For it. So yes, things are things are moving right along. Awesome. And then next to him, somebody I've known for over 15
1: years, Mister Tom Whitmire. What's up, buddy? Aloha, Johnny D. Hope you're having
2: a sprout standing day.
1: I tell you what, I'm just so happy that you're here in Michigan right now. I know you just came up from Florida and uh, so happy you're back
2: in the cold with us, Tommy. Yeah, the sun is out today, but there's ice on the ground. So it's kind of like a shuffling through the uh, world to get my exercise.
1: And where we're at today is a beautiful ranch here in Michigan. And we are sitting with a man that I know his name is Redbeard, but his real name is? Uh, Brent LaPonce. La Ponce yeah, French-Canadian. Awesome. La Ponce And we're hanging out in your ranch or on your ranch today, so thank you for hosting this little get-together. Glad to have you, gentlemen. All right. Gentlemen, whoa, man. And you're not even drinking. You're drinking coffee. <laughs> You have, what's in that coffee? A little bit of peppermint in
0: there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, I tell you what, everybody, you know, this first, uh, f- first podcast, um, we've been on a hiatus for a while and, uh, because of the whole COVID-19 thing, but uh, this is going to be the first one of the year. And we are going to spend the next 50, 55 minutes with my good friend, Chuck dodge and we are going to get to know him i want you guys to get to know him he is an incredible man not only that but i mean he's chuck i hate using and telling people how old people are but you're 72 years old and you look like you're only a couple years older than me you look amazing well
0: you must be 70 then
1: (laughs) i'm not but you look you look awesome and i appreciate you um you know, just sharing your story um, with everybody listening today. And I will tell you what, it's it's one of those stories that is so inspirational, so motivational. Because your life wasn't always easy when you're a young man. I mean, you were in foster homes and stuff like that. Talk a little bit about your upbringing.
0: Well, my mom and dad, they did the best they could as parents, but it was it was they didn't have the the skills to really uh, give us that we could. Uh, you know, stay together as a family. So, consequently, we ended up in foster homes. Myself and my two brothers. Uh, continually, we'd come back, and then uh, next thing we know, um, we didn't have any boundaries. So we kinda, we kind of got into trouble a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. we started stealing and doing things, and then you, Johnny, I know, I know. <laughs> but without boundaries, you do you do things. You don't know what's right and what's wrong, and and if, if you can get away with it, you just do it again. And right. And uh, I remember one day I came home. I was in the Sixth grade, and I uh, remember the caseworker her name was Blanche day, and she said uh, i under, I hear you have been stealing now it was only me and my mom that knew, so and I didn't tell her, so I presume that my mom turned us turned me in and, and and I said, yeah, I've been stealing small stuff gums and just well, I lied on that too i was we were stealing other things and uh, so she took us took me away and put me in a foster home. I don't remember where I went, but that was that was the different time that's how how you could be taken out of the house. And uh, so we had a, had a lot of that going on. And then uh, I did make it through that. One of the things growing up, you only know how your life is by the way you live it. You know, you see other people, but you just, you don't relate to them, really. You just know, hey, this must be normal. Right. Until you you get going and then you meet girls and then, then it changes too. But the point is, is I just, it was just a, Okay, this is what we gotta do. And I know one so thing. So was, was it like just like normal for you? Sure at that point? Yes. Yeah. Until uh um, ninth grade. I you know, I, I we were talking earlier, Johnny I talked, I met my Latin teacher and that began something in my mind of I could be different because my Latin teacher really allowed me to have a Uh, uh, just an amazing uh, zest for learning the language, Mm -hmm. the the mythological characters and how it related to our English. And uh, her her name, by the way, was Vera Self. And uh, I now tell the story that Vera is a short version of the word veritas, meaning truth and self, I just say a self-explanatory. And as a a speaker, I say, "Did, did this beautiful lady show up in my life to tell me to be true to myself? And I really, really think so. Anyway, she told me one day, that I could be a teacher, specifically a Latin teacher. Now, ladies and gentlemen, one of the things that happens is when you hear information, you begin to create a story around it. My story at that time, uh, 1964, I was 13, 14, was, I'm not smart enough, and we're poor. How am I ever going to go to college? Mm -hmm. That started me on a cause, set, in motion of, okay. And I didn't remember that until about 30 years later when I started speaking, and and she was the first person that told me that I could be a teacher. And to this day, Johnny, I am a teacher. That's right, you are. Not, not specifically Latin, but I do teach some Latin, if you want to know. Tempus fugit, uh, A pluribum unum, uh, <laughs> modus operandi. Uh, <laughs> so we, could, we can do a little bit of Latin. Tempus fugit. Uh, uh, so anyway, that was uh, the first time, and, he, and no one was ever around to reinforce that. Right. And I just kept on living, and and in that process, I I, be, I went into the Air Force. That was a great experience. Yeah, thank and, you
1: for serving our country. That's something I didn't know about you yeah. just until a couple of days ago.
0: You're welcome. And and for a long time, I didn't even think that was important because I was in data processing. I was out in Dover, oh. Air Force Base, Delaware. That's now why the, the Air Force after high school. What oh, what what Johnny, made you I, want? You know,
1: I'm a were you in trouble, <laughs> and you're like, hey, listen, I'll just go into the service now, so they can't find me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, you, you got to know how decisions are made. So here's... I, I, I went into a, a dark room and I meditated for Donnie. Here's what it really happened. <laughs> I worked at in a, a factory uh, in data processing in Owasso, Redmond's Motor Division. My boss, Ron Ackles, became a good friend. He had just gotten out of the Air Force. Okay. Oh, whoa. Instead of getting drafted, I'll go into the Air Force. Right. See how decisions can be made? Right. <laughs> anyway, I did. And, and it was... I did the same thing in the Air Force, data processing, three years, uh, 10 months and three days. Uh, you know, you can tell I really enjoyed it and wanted yeah. to get, get out. I didn't realize that I was being, uh, groomed by Henry David Thoreau and the civil disobedience and not the conformity, but it was happening back then. So I, uh, I got out, I had a, I got out a staff sergeant and, uh, uh, it was a, it was a great experience. And then, and then I went to work for the state of Michigan for, for eight years and, no, I love that that that's where
1: things really got interesting for me and about your life is you go to work for for eight nine years and uh, you were an employee of the state of Michigan mm-hmm. had a good job and um, and then you decide to quit one day and be an entrepreneur and how did that work out for you back then
0: well you, you're you're really getting into my decision-making process aren't you yeah. <laughs> I, I know more now about goals and beliefs and those kinds of things now than I did back then. A friend of mine comes up. Well, a friend of mine comes up and tells me I have a good personality, so he leads me into a, a fundraising job in Vassar. Prior to that, I was I had I was a data systems analyst. Uh, I wasn't good at an analyst. my My primary career was a computer operations supervisor. And I left that to go over to this analyst position, but I really wasn't good at it. My analytical skills hadn't really been developed, and but pers- personality-wise, you guys see the charm right here. Charming. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting at this anyway, table right here. So Randy Bronson came up to me and said, Chuck, you have a great personality. You would really be good in the fundraising. Now, I'm going from being an employee mindset to an entrepreneur. Right. Well- Within three months, I had failed miserably, spiritually, mentally. I was, I was gone. I, as a matter of fact, I started that job in August, and in, um, in December, I walked away from my family, my, my six-year-old son, and now you've got me cats in a cradle. You, I hear cats in a cradle playing in my head, and, <laughs> and uh, he's now 47. He's doing okay. He, he, he got past all that as well. So that's, it was, I was living life more by default than design. I didn't know what the design was, and no one had really shared that with me. On, on you can you can have a destination. I was just oh, oh okay yeah let's do that, let's do that. And 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 the eighties, of course, uh, that was uh, the decade to uh, um, really. I felt like Ulysses going through that that you know that twenty year odyssey. Uh, I had over uh, thirty jobs, uh, lived in seventeen different places. Uh, um, three or four relationships. So it's, um, and then in the, in the nineties, I decided to do it all over again, only differently.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, and it's it's like you said, Chuck, you know what? I mean, there are a lot of people that that are listening right now that, that may be in that situation. And how did you get out of it? How did you get out of that mindset? How did you get out of, 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 you know, always thinking that that you were going to fail? I mean, 30, 30 jobs. That's a lot of jobs. 17 different places to live. That's a lot of places to live. I mean, you obviously back then were a little confused, right?
0: No, I don't know if I, I, I never thought about it. We're looking back on it now and we're identifying, we're attempting to put a label on it. You just keep going. Yeah. You go, uh, you, you lose this job, you go for the next one and if you don't get it and you go, hey, wait a minute, I was, I was really qualified to do that. Right. What's up? And then you get disappointed for a minute, then you get, you just keep on rolling. And, when i was doing that i was learning and through that process Johnny, i've learned four 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 attributes that everybody has and i've not changed the four i just kept the four number one resilient we're all resilient courage we all have courage mm-hmm. perseverance and determination and those two kind of go together i've just i have them everybody in this room here all my friends have them and we just you just keep going and then one day you realize wait a minute there's this thing called success and failure. You start reading about it in the books and you know you want something else. And and then I, I did start reading. I started reading in the 80s and studying and some of the stuff clicked, some of it didn't. Mm-hmm. And and I've continued that all along the way. And the reason that I picked Mr. Enthusiasm, because... I was just going to ask
1: you about okay. that. For, for, for those okay. of you that don't know, Chuck Dodge is a motivational speaker and he's known as Mr. Enthusiasm. So I was going to ask you... How did you come up with the name? And and I mean, because obviously that's, that's the only man that I know is Mr. Enthusiasm.
0: It's something that it was always within me, but I didn't identify it. And then, and I'm not even sure the exact day that I branded myself or claimed it, but it was. It probably it started with the, the definition of enthusiasm in the book by Dennis Whateley called The Joy of Working. Uh, enthusiasm comes from two Greek words, Theos, which is the God within or the spirit within. And then uh, I, one of the speakers had taken the last four letters of enthusiasm, I-A-S-M, and it stands for I am sold myself. And I thought, wow, if what you're doing, and you're sold on it, and you're doing it, you couple that with your spirit, Unstoppable.
1: Yeah, you're doing
0: the right thing. You're in alignment. So that's how that came about. And then, and what happened was, I was that way pretty much all along, but I didn't, I didn't recognize it until I went. I branded myself that. Then I went back. That was probably around 2010 or 12 or something in there. And then I, I saw a, a, uh, an award I got, or uh, from uh, Toastmasters in 2006. I did a Toastmasters training. And it said presented to Chuck Dodge, for unending enthusiasm. Oh wow! And I, I didn't find that till years later. I go, I was there all along? I had to be Mr. Enthusiasm. All right, I love it. <laughs> mentors showed up along the way. Uh, I'll just say one of my first mentors, Vera Self, in the in the Air Force. It was Staff Sergeant Ralph Jones. Dodge, you can do it. Uh, uh, Ron Ackles, when I was um, before I went into the Air Force. Uh, in the seventies, not much because it was a job. I don't know if you folks have jobs, but <laughs> they many people don't want to mentor you because if they do, then you're going to take their job. So it wasn't until the eighties you start to travel around and you you meet different people, and some of the men, some of the people that impact you, you didn't realize they were mentoring you, yeah, until later. But in 1982, I did meet a friend, Walt Reynolds. He lived in Lansing, and he. He was a good friend until he passed in 05 and and he got me addicted to books. I I be, I blame Walt for to this day for being a Yeah, book and addict. you have like
1: 1300 <laughs> books in your personal library.
0: Uh, absolutely. I I I've got the books and as a matter of fact, Redbeard I, I bought some from him a few years ago as well, so. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I had this insatiable desire to just learn from and especially in the personal development arena, arena about and about beliefs and, mm-hmm. and what's possible and what, what's in our way and usually it's us and how we're thinking. Now, what do you mean by that? Well, look if you take a look at uh, our mindset mindset and our thoughts. Our thoughts create feelings, mm-hmm. and then when you when you're when you're going through something, you if you create resistance. Create resistance will, will stop you from moving forward. Let me give you an example. There's one of the books that I, that I offer, I, I sell, it's Think on Your Feet. and In the book, Ken Widerow says, it's on page 83, he uses Ohm's Law as an illustration. Ohm's Law, it is, you know, it's in the, the electrical system. If there's any, any resistance in a, an electrical line, you're only going to get out so much power. Think of it in terms of a dimmer switch. You have a dimmer switch on. And if it's on low, a little bit of power. Turn that dimmer switch, you're releasing more power. For us, it works like this. If we have resistance in our system, who's on our enemy list? Who do we? Who haven't we forgiven? Who don't we like? Who do we just argue with? That's resistance. And that allows us to create less of who we are. And Johnny, here's a principle. The higher the resistance... The lower the productivity. So if that's we're right. if we if we're going through something, we don't. What's going on here? Just look at who have you not let go of or not forgiven, and maybe it's just us, our own self. That's right. You
1: know, and that's something that that we struggle with every single day. I mean, going going through this whole COVID thing. I mean, me and you were talking a little yeah. bit about that and about you know some some things that we've had to to learn and and overcome. You know, especially in the last ten months. Absolutely.
0: We can we can learn anything if we allow ourselves to. And the, the COVID, we've got to be really careful because are we choosing the thoughts about it or are we being influenced? I know the answer, it's a rhetorical question. We're being influenced by many other people. Mask on, mask off, uh, six feet, 10 feet, five feet, uh, whatever it is, uh, make sure you wash your counters down. Oh, now that's not important. And we you know, Robert Frost said, "We sit around a ring and suppose, and the answer lies in the middle and knows." Mm-hmm. Many of us don't get to the middle. That's right. And we we can get there if we just stop and instead of reacting, create. Just say, uh, for me, it would be like, God, what do you want me to know? What what what's going on here? However, you would address your higher power. Have have, have control over the things that you can control. It, it, that's mind. And I've got an acronym for the word mind. M-I-N-D. Move in new directions. Say that again, Chuck. Mind is move in new directions. Because we get to choose our thought. If we don't like where we're at, and something's something's gone, we got a plot twist. That's my new word, my new phrase. We got a plot twist. <laughs> and so in, in the law of attraction, Esther talks about it, Esther Hicks, as contrast. It's not wrong. It's just contrast. Contrast is what you have, as opposed to where you would like to be. And so out of that contrast is born the clarity for improvement. So in other words, we need we needed COVID to 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 change our lives, to get to someplace else. I don't know if we needed COVID, but we have it. Right. Uh, Deepak Chopra in one of his books says, look, it does. you may not like it, but you it's important to accept it. Because if we don't, what do we get? Resistance, right? So, what what's something you've learned yourself
1: during this time of of being home for ten months, and we haven't been able to gig, we haven't <laughs> been able to speak, we haven't been able to do things. What what's something that you've had to overcome, and that you you have?
0: Well, initially, I didn't really care for Zoom. I, I resisted it, and then when when I started using it, I. I found that it was enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Uh, I must say, even though I missed her enthusiasm, I didn't get out. There might have been a time when I lost a little. I, some of the enthusiasm was misplaced a little bit because I wasn't getting out. I was staying home, and then, of course, I have I have great people in my life, and they, they either, I either get out or they call me. And three of them are sitting at
1: this table. Absolutely.
0: Right now. <laughs> so there's always this pivoting to to and and then and then you you get the feeling of, what something's not right. Oh, I. I need to do this, I need to do that, or go for a walk. I love walking, and and uh, things that I've learned is, there's a there's a great line in the movie Karate Kid when uh, Miyagi's just getting ready to teach Daniel, and he's driving in the junkyard, and uh, or, or, or Daniel says, this is junkyard, and Miyagi says something like, not everything appears as it seems. That, not everything appears as it seems, and there's another phrase that, from the law of attraction, everything is working out. Everything is always working out for me. If you can always remember that, no matter what happens, it's always working out for me. Not to me, but for me. A lot of people go, how could how could you do that to me? And I almost said it myself to a, a friend who decided she didn't want to play the game anymore. And, and <laughs> <laughs> No, no, really. How could you do that he to me? He says things in, in ways that
1: none of us would ever... say plot twist but the point
0: is is we are so reactive um brent and i were just talking a few minutes ago about uh relationships and 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 the the label coming together but the if and if someone changes their mind you know it takes it takes two to make it and one to leave it or one to change it so the initial response is how could you do that to me and then after you think about it do you realize that it probably was one of the best things that could have happened? Right. But you got you got to think it through, and you've got to get out of the resistance. You've got to understand what some of the things. Uh, Marianne Williamson, many years ago in her book, A Return to Love, said that relationships are assignments, and sometimes the assignment comes to an end. And when the assignment comes to an end, there's two parts to it. There's the form that it takes and the content. The form is maybe from a marriage, lovers, to a friend or however it uh, plays out but the content the content is the most important part that's love must always be there i don't necessarily need to like everybody but it's the love that must be always ex- sent out because in of course in miracles it says what you do to another person and for another person you do to and for yourself so if you hate another person who you hating yourself he wins, and, and if, but if you love another person, who do you love? Yourself. <clears throat> Two-time winner here. <laughs> That'd be Tommy. Okay, I love that. It made me, when Chuck was talking about that,
1: guys. It made me think of Garth Brooks' unanswered oh, prayers. <laughs> that one and, and the dance. And the dance. Yes. The same thing. I love that, Chuck. You, um, so a few years ago, a friend described you in one word, and that was a connector. Why do you consider yourself a connector?
0: At that time, I, I actually thought, my friend Al Aaron's uh, just an amazing guy. He passed away in 2013. And we were sitting down um, in a restaurant, Hardee's, and he said, uh, Chuck, what, what's one word to describe you? that describes you? That was when I was, um, I was working in the bartering organization, the Business Trade Exchange, and just connecting up a lot of people and, and Toastmasters and bringing people together. And, and even Al with speaking engagements. He said, he said you're a connector. And I hadn't thought about it because I'm I'm all about the encouragement. But well, Away from that, one of my business names was was going to be make the connection. Now I looked online and I knew Oprah had opened Oprah her guy had make the or something like make the connection. I didn't want to interrupt her empire, so I changed it to <laughs> making the connection, making oh. <laughs> the the connection and. I love I love bringing people together and that and um, and and helping people and it could be connecting with another person it could be connecting with a uh, a resource that could help them a book I love I love finding out where people are at and and uh, offering a book title that might be uh, more appropriate than Think and Grow Rich which is a nice book to read but it might not be if you're going through the uh, maybe a relationship. Break up. You might want to read uh, "Love" by Leo Bascalia or uh, "How to Survive the Loss of a Love" by uh, John Roger, Peter McWilliams, and Bloomfield. So the, you just want to. I, I know my books. I know yeah. my stuff, and yeah, I know you do. Uh, so. So, so something you that that
1: you love to do. And I want to make sure that everybody knows how to follow you on social. You sit there and you do these Facebook lives just about every single day, and and I got to say that I mean if one. It takes a lot to come up with that much material every single day. But that is something that I think is important for people to have in their lives, somebody positive, giving positive messages every day. And that's something you do every single day while you're out for your walks. Let people know why you do it and how they can follow you on Facebook.
0: Do you want to do one now? No. <laughs> <laughs> the the reason the reason that I do do them is to impart ideas that I might be thinking about and sharing with others. Inspiration, you have inspiration and motivation. Inspiration, one of the definitions is infuse into the mind. You can always inspire somebody. You may not necessarily motivate somebody because, let's go back to Latin. latin uh, The word motivation comes from a Latin word, moera, and it means you know, to, mo- to move from within. We're all we're going to be motivated to do what we are going to do. I can't motivate anybody, but what I can do is I can inspire you. I can add some information to what what might allow you to do what you want to do, and it's it's just an opportunity for and and it's I become my own therapist. Okay, (laughs) (laughs) but I I enjoy sharing the the things that I'm going through and because. We're all going through something you know mm-hmm. it's been said that if you if you could just know what everybody's going through um, it would bring you to your knees so there's some empathy for other people and and just it, it, our experience and our story can help another person have hope and know that it's going to be okay let's go back to those four characteristics: resiliency and courage and determination and and perseverance let 's let people and the other thing is Look at people and when you see something they're doing, notice it. Say, wow, Redbeard, that that's awesome for what you did. And and Tommy, th- thank you for that health tip. And Johnny, thanks for driving in. People need that affirmation. I know this has been this is powerful for me. This is this is a pivotal day for me. I just seeing my friends and uh, hanging out in this energy, this is good. And Redbeard had coffee too. So
2: you Chuck, <laughs> uh, Johnny, can I jump in there yeah, for a yeah, moment? go ahead just wanted to bring up, uh, when Chuck was throwing a nod to all of us, about the first time the three of us ever came together in this world. Yeah. We were actually flying together in a flock of geese. <laughs> a flock of geese down there at the town office in downtown Flushing. Redbeard invited me in and Chuck was up there giving a presentation. He had us all standing up there in a V and we were all pretending we were flying oh. in a... In a flock of geese. And then Chuck asked me to speak, and I said a couple words, and when I sat down, Redbeard turned to me and said, seven R's, two ums, four (laughs) ahs, a so. (laughs) And I said, what on earth are you talking about? He said, you got to come down to Toastmasters. My friend Chuck Dodge here runs one of the best Toastmasters meetings in the world. It might have been clandestine, but I'm going to toss it to Chuck to talk about his Toastmasters.
0: Well, the, the reason, thank you, Tommy, I joined Toastmasters in 1995. So this is the, it's like 20 going into year 26. But the, it, it's a part of my mission because in Toastmasters, you, you become better expressors of who you are. A lot of people, they relate to this, if you will, fear of public speaking. Well, I'm here to tell you that that's, that's a myth. It's a myth. The Wait, only... are you
1: saying that public speaking it... is not the biggest fear in the world?
0: Well, I'm, I don't know. To, don't to know. some people, well, you know, the studies, Johnny. Thank you for bringing that up. In the book of list in the in the seventies, there was a study done. Three thousand people, and out of that, I think forty two percent. Their greatest fear was speaking in front of a group. Uh, number two was heights, and then you go down, and you got snakes and death, and and I think six and seven was. Uh, um, one one was death there and and there's uh, it. it's something that we speak we, we actually spoke it into existence alright so now someone comes out and says boy I was fearful up there and then somebody else repeats it oh yeah that fear of public speaking but if you think about it if you really think about it getting up in front of a group of people and speaking on something that you know about that's the first thing you want to do speak on something that you know about and You got all those eyes are looking at you, of course, and that's fearful. Now, I'm thinking that if there's a bear on the stage with me and that bear is coming up, now I got some fear. (laughs) But to look at people and think that they're, what can they do to you? Think, think that thing through. It's not fear. It's more of a, I think, an anxiety or something. Call it, call find a symptom. You get anxious. You're, you might be a, you might be Anxious that you could say something stupid, and of course you will in the beginning, or you will look foolish. Yes, you will. But here's the thing that I've learned: people aren't thinking about as much as you, as you think, as you are your own self. That's right. So it's so. Let's is it really fear? Do we take fear and we throw it out there like oh, I'm fear, I'm fearful of this or that. But there are certain things to be fearful of, like that bear or something that could really, really, really hurt you.
1: There's some people out there right now listening
0: going, I don't care what he
1: says. I am scared to death of the stage. That's that's the funny part. So so what would you tell them then if they want to overcome that fear? Just to try it,
0: get up there uh, and do I'd it. Here's what I'd say: change your story. Just change your story. And there's uh um, and there's there's different processes, you know. Uh w- one guy says, just pretend that the audience is naked and you know, right. whatever. Um it, the, the the here's what you do you first of all you decide on i'm going to speak in front of this group and i'm going to do what i know how to do so you've got a new story just it it really is as simple as changing your story not and can't you use that analogy in anything in life not absolutely. just speaking absolutely it how you do anything is how you do everything johnny right that's just the way it works it's not about the speaking it's about anything that you fear to do yeah, yeah. Uh, mine is uh, heights and I've got to deal with that. <laughs> yeah. you, you you mentioned
1: you use the word wiggle sometimes.
0: Talk a little bit about the word
1: wiggle because okay, okay, I, there are some people uh, going, Johnny D, what are you talking about? Is that a new <laughs> dance? Is that, but talk a
0: little bit about that because the way you put it is, is right. amazing. Again, I, I'll go back to John Roger and Peter McWilliams in the book, Life Life 101 in the early nineties, they talked about, you know, it, it, we're physics, uh, Everything is basically, uh, the the. it looks solid, but if you could take a microscope on it or w- whatever machine you would need, you would see atoms. And then within those atoms, you would see e- electrons oscillating at a high rate of speed. So uh, it came to me one time, I'm a real big, I'm a stickler for language. And it, it really came through a Toastmasters presentation one night because in clubs, they don't always prosper. In other words, they the membership falls off, and then here's the language. We got a struggling club here. Our club is struggling. So if you want to not struggle, you need to come up with something else because you're going to speak that into existence. You can't focus. You you can't focus on the reverse of an idea. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to tell that wiggle story because we. And here's how it works. So if if everything is oscillating at a high rate of speed, we're actually wiggling out there. And it, it shifts the, to me, it shifts perspective. So we're all wiggling ourselves to success as opposed to struggling our way through life. Language, we really, really, really need to be careful on the words that we say because right. we create. Uh, our words are creative. So we, I'm replacing struggle with wiggle. And it, I love it works that. out for me. Let me ask you this. We're, okay. we, we literally are done our, our last couple
1: of minutes with you, Chuck. And, and that is, I want to ask you this last question. And that is, what legacy do you want to leave? When you think of the word legacy mm-hmm. and you think about your life and what you've accomplished and the people that you wanted to help and that you learned from, okay. what legacy do you want to leave?
0: In the beginning, we talked about the family and if you will the brokenness of it mm-hmm. it was just the way it was and my son is now forty seven and I have some unfinished work there i I want to i want to, we talked about being business partners and something and maybe even a in a nonprofit and that i I want to really pursue that because he's really he he truly is a uh, an amazing person the uh, the rest of it is I just really would want people to say. I'm just glad I knew him. He he was able to see the best in everything. And yeah, he had his issues along the way, but it was a transformation. And my life is better because I knew Chuck Dodge.
1: I love that. I love that. Any last closing remarks, guys, before I wrap things up here for Mr. Chuck Dodge? Dodge (laughs) ChuckDodge.com. Check out, you, buy some merch.
0: <laughs> do you have any, um, anything to say before we wrap things up, Chuck? No, I just, this is right here, sitting around the table with Tom Whitmire, Brent LePonze, and Johnny, Johnny D here. It's, just, it's a joy and it's a pleasure, and, and I can hardly wait to see what my friends have to say.
1: Well, and just real quick, I mean, Tommy has mentioned it a couple yeah, times yeah, throughout yeah. the uh, podcast. How can people find you?
0: Well, we've got, uh, Tom, what do we have first? TruckDodge.com. That's right. And when you go out to that website, it, the, Tommy did it for me. It's, it's amazing. We, we got some changes to make on it. The other thing, you can find me on Facebook, uh, just Dodge Teaches. Uh, I think I've got several pages out there, Mr. Enthusiasm, Community of Dreamers, which was inspired by when Nick Willenda walked across Niagara Falls in 2012. Um, uh, the other thing I've ref- reframed is I'm not a senior citizen. I'm a mountain topper. so we, 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 we we've we we've, we've got I didn't we've got that thing going on. Hey, look! Why would you want to be a senior citizen when you can be a mountain topper? I got more I got more mountains to climb. Those are some of the pages, but you can find me on Instagram at Teaches. That's if our, that's if we're not censored. But <laughs> <laughs> Chuck, Dodge, anyway, anyway, Chuck Dodge, Chuck Dodge, Mr. Enthusiasm,
2: is an amazing human being. Yeah. <laughs> when he walks into a room, he lights it up. That's right. <laughs> we were all members of this clandestine Toastmasters group back in the day. That would meet downtown yeah. Flushing at the town yeah. office, 7 a.m., yeah. and this man could bring people together, yeah. and we would learn something of value that day and then we would take it out into the world over the course of the week we would use it in our lives then we'd bring it back next week and say hey this is w- this is how i used something that you said something you taught me out in the world this is how it reflected back to me and impacted my life and the life of people that i brought that message to and then we would learn something new from chuck again that day that we could take out next week and right. bring back and that's well, just exactly really, what's happening now well and just, i would
0: say that Everyone contributes. Everyone has something to offer. And I'll I'll close with this because this could go on and on and on. Ray Kroc of McDonald's said, "None of us is as good as all of us."
2: He's not closing with that. I like to- <laughs> Chuck Chuck's the type of person that you got a friend in your car. You got you say you got to meet my friend Chuck Dodge. You you call Chuck up. You hand them the phone. You just make up a name. Ken or Chuck. I got Ken on the line here. Uh, Chuck, tell him about what Thoreau said, and Chuck can okay. end with, what did Thoreau okay, say? Okay, so
0: Henry David Thoreau, I just love what he did, what he came up with when he went to Walden. He just checked out from 80, 1845 to forty-seven. said, I'm not living like this. I'm not, I don't want the government in my life. And, and the wisdom that he got from that, that amazing book, Walden, it, if a man advances confidently in the direction of his dreams and endeavors to live the life that he has imagined... He will meet with a success, unexpected, in common hours. This is unexpected success, Johnny and Brent and Tommy. I love that. Thanks, Chuck. Mm -hmm. And again, everybody,
1: I'm Johnny D., the Motivational Cowboy, wrapping this week's podcast up with Mr. Chuck Dodge. And again, Mr. Enthusiasm, I really appreciate you. And don't forget to check out chuckdodge.com, and you can follow him on social media. And um, again, I'm Johnny D, the motivational cowboy telling all of you, be safe, have fun, and we'll see you next time right here on the Outstanding Life podcast. Outstanding Life is a Soulbridge Studio.